pray real quick. God, I just thank you, Lord, this morning, Lord, for this platform, for the opportunity, God. God, I just, I just pray, God, that our hearts would be open this morning, that you would remove any distractions right now, God, any distracting thing, God, coming to try to rob or steal, God, from your children this morning, God. And I just pray, Lord, that your peace and your rest would set in this place this morning, God, even those that are viewing online, God, that your peace and your rest would be upon them this morning to receive what you have for them, Lord, in Jesus' name. So the Lord for some time now has had this message in my heart about the Josephs. And we had a women's event not too long ago, a women's breakfast, and I kind of shared about Joseph and his life and the promises. And everybody right now, if you go look around, they're all talking about the promises of the Lord and the Lord's promises. Even Pete was sharing about that this morning, that his promises never change. There can be changes around us going on. There can be things that don't quite look like what we expected them to look like. And then God still shows up faithfully in his promises. And if there was anybody that I could think of that had a really powerful promise from God was Joseph. Joseph had this powerful promise from God. And let me tell you, when he first started with his dream of promise, <laughs> he sits there and he has this dream of God showing him his family and his brothers coming and bow down, bowing down to him. You can go read about it in Genesis, but I kind of just want to skim, skim over a little bit of that before we get into the meat of it. And so Joseph was the youngest of all his family. When he came around, his dad was, a, his mom and dad were in their older age. They weren't young anymore. So Joseph had some extra favor with his mom and dad because he was the baby. He was the youngest one. And so here comes Joseph, and his dad purchases this beautiful coat of many colors for Joseph and blesses him with it. And he goes and he puts it on Joseph, and Joseph is like excited, and he's full of joy, and he's just excitement with this coat of many colors that he was given. So Joseph goes, and time goes on, and he has a dream God gives him about his brothers coming and bowing down to him. And his brothers were like so jealous, and they were offended, and they were like, really? Like you're going to have a, God's going to give you that kind of dream about us bowing down to you? And you know, some of us, if, if our brothers or our sisters were, come and tell it, were to come and tell us that, we would probably feel the same way too. We would be like, what? Like, what kind of God dream is that, you know? And, um, and so there was a process Joseph had to go through in his character. And I think that's something the Lord is really working on, on in all of us, is our character. He's testing our hearts this very moment to see what's still there that shouldn't be there anymore. And, and the Lord's just been telling me this over and over again. He's like, he's like, um, he's trying to look at our hearts at this very moment. He's trying to see 
He's trying to see if we're going to choose love for our brothers and our sisters. And the other day, I was walking in this hospital, and I saw this sign, and it said, Mercy is now. And it spoke so much to me. I shared this on, the, on our radio station. We have a radio station we do. And I shared this the other day because it was, so, it was so important for us that at this very minute, mercy is now. And many of us are not having mercy with one another. In the body of Christ, you can go on Facebook and you can see how the, the believers are coming against other believers and there's absolutely no mercy there. And mercy, what mercy means is it means compassionate, kindly, forbearing, shown towards an enemy and another person in one's power, compassion for that person. And, you know, we, everybody's been talking about this whole grace thing. And the Lord's like, but what about mercy? Because grace and mercy come together. He graces us. He, gra he comes and he gives us grace to push through things in our lives. And without his grace, we couldn't do it. But he also gives us mercy in the times that we fall short. He's compassionate towards us. He's, he's looking at us with compassion and saying, that's okay. My mercy has you covered. That if there's mistakes made along the way, Joseph had to learn this. Joseph went through a process in his character that, let me tell you, some of us probably would have failed in. When he goes and his brothers put him in this pit, it says it used to be a water hole. And when they put him in there, it was a dried up water hole. And I shared this the other day. I was like, you know, many of us feel like we've been in this wilderness. Like we're Joseph, we're in the water hole, and we feel abandoned, we feel rejected, we feel like, like somebody has left us and has, hasn't come back for us, like the way his brothers left him there. And Joseph could have given up. Joseph could have said at that moment, you know, um, I'm, I'm rejected, I'm hurt, I'm wounded, just leave me here to die. But he didn't. They came, they picked him up, and they made him a slave. They came and paid for him, and they made him a slave. And to us, the person on the outside looking in what's going on, we're like, man, he became a slave. Like, who wants to become a slave? And the Lord began to show me that situation. He says, look, he says, to you, he became a slave. He said, but out of him becoming the slave was me coming to rescue him. Because if he would have continued to stay in that empty water hole, he would have died. So he used something bad that we look at in the natural to come and save Joseph. His brothers were not going to pull him out of there. They were going to leave him there. He would have died. And many of us are choosing to stay sometimes in this, in this pit, in this hole, in the wilderness, in the dry place. And God's like, no, that's not what's happening. You're looking at things in a different perspective. You're not looking at it through my eyes. And he's like, yeah, Joseph became the slave. So he gets taken and he gets, he becomes his slave, right? And you're like, wow, that sure doesn't look like the dream that God spoke to him of his destiny. 
Some of us right now, we're looking at our lives and we're like, man, my life right now doesn't look like the destiny that God spoke to me years ago. It doesn't look like the prophetic words that people have given me. It doesn't look like, like I'm going to have what God's already spoken. But you can't give up. See, Joseph didn't have, he didn't, he didn't ever give up. He kept moving forward. And he kept going through these trials and this testing. Many of us are going through trials. We're going through testing right now. And God's examining our heart with every test. And he's saying, where's your heart at? So many people are being tested in their hearts right now. And the one thing that we have to say in the testing is, search me out, O Lord. What is there that you didn't put there? Take it away. It's called dying to ourselves. In Psalms 139, 23, verses 23 and 24, it says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. See, when those hits come, when the wilderness comes, this is where we should be. We should be in Psalms 139, and we should say, search me out, God, that whatever is still inside of me that you never meant for me to have or, or be in, in this woundedness, in this rejection, in this place of hope defer, come and show me what's still there so you can uproot it and take it out of me. I was watching this movie the other day, and it was about horses. And God always speaks to me with horses. It's just amazing how he does that. But I was watching this movie, and they had a horse on there. And this horse that was on there, um, it was about racing horses and winning the race. And this one horse ran so hard his body that he literally blew out his heart. Because horses, what drives them is their heart. Because they have a love to run. They, they were created to do that. They were created to run and to run free. And some of us, it has to be our heart that drives us this season. That's why he's testing us in our hearts. Because if our hearts are not okay, and they're not mended, and they're not healed, and he hasn't searched us out enough, then what happens is our heart can't run in victory and as fast as we want to. It's our heart that drives us with compassion inside of us, even for others, that helps us run our race. This is why it's important. Joseph had a dream, and through that, he had a gift. He had a gift to interpret his dreams, to interpret dreams. If we go read in Amos 3.7, it says, Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plan to his servants, the prophets. See, our heart has to be made right first. Let him search us out. And the process of building our character is coming to reveal to us 
his plan, his servants and the prophets. He's trying to reveal things to us right now. But if our hearts are not okay, then he cannot trust us. He cannot reveal to us for us to begin to carry something that he wants us to carry this season. He's trying to come and give us revelation and give us new things and, and give us all of his goodness. But if our hearts are not okay, some of us won't even be able to receive it. Some of us won't even be able to receive the blessings he has for us because our heart is still a mess. So we have to get, we have to work on that. Through those interpretation of Pharaoh's dreams, he was able to know the times and the seasons of things. It's time that just like Joseph, he knew the times and the seasons. He wasn't just doing whatever he wanted to do. He knew that there was a timing of things, there was a season of things, and so he, would, he couldn't get discouraged. He couldn't get to a place where he was like, man, I haven't seen this happen yet. Some of us have gotten hope deferred because of prophetic words that have been spoken over us, and we haven't seen them come to pass yet, and so hope deferred makes our heart sick. And when our heart is sick, guess what? We can't see what he's trying to do right in front of our face right now. There's times and seasons for things. So if he hasn't come, if it hasn't come to pass, some of the prophetic words, some of the things that he's given to us, don't be discouraged. Don't get hope deferred. Know that there's a timing of the Lord on it. Know that there's a season on those prophetic words. And they're going to come around because he's faithful in every word that he speaks. He's not a liar. Joseph had to grab on to what God had spoke to him in his life. I believe that that was the one thing that he had in his heart, that he had in his mind, that he kept seeing, that he kept knowing the dream that God had given him for him not to give up. He got accused of something he didn't even do, being in Pharaoh's house. He got thrown in jail. He went through some testing. He went through some hard situations, Joseph. But in that testing, he had to keep his heart pure. He had to keep going to the Lord and saying, God, I don't understand what you're doing, God. I know the dream you gave me. You're faithful in the dreams you give. He interpreted dreams. That's what he was created to do, Joseph. So the very thing he was called to do is the very thing he was attacked in. So you're sitting there and you're like, I don't know why I keep getting attacked with this. They keep saying that I'm called to heal people, but yet my body keeps going through this sickness. And then other people are like going through other things and you're like, I don't understand because this is what God said I'm called to do. You push through it. You don't get hope defer. You push through those things and you trust in God to know that he's faithful, that he's going to show up on your behalf and make those things happen that have already been spoken. The one thing that Joseph had to understand was that he, he had to understand grace and favor. If there was one thing that Joseph understood was the grace of God and the favor of God. I always tell everybody that grace shows up on our behalf to oil things, to make things easier for us. 
when I was talking to the Lord the other day, I told him, I said, you know, God, I said, I've seen your grace since I've been here in Ohio. I've seen your grace, but I haven't seen your favor. There was a word that was spoken to me when I got here. Even before I came, the Lord began to tell me that there would be great favor here. In Ohio, in this region, in this city, there would be great favor that would be in this place. And I said, God, I haven't seen the favor yet, but I've seen the grace. And the Lord began to, to just tell me. He began to tell me about this favor that he wants to begin to release to the Josephs. When Joseph stepped in his position after the testing, after the trials he went through, God came through for him in such a way that he positioned him in a place of authority. He positioned him in a place of such authority that he began to speak unto the land and know the blueprints of heaven that God had given him. And so much favor came to him through Pharaoh and everything God was doing in that moment that there, there was, it was like he, Pharaoh literally gave him his ring. Rings in those times represented authority. They represented royalty. He gives him his ring and says, man, you're my right-hand man. We're going to do this together. Those interpretations of your dreams that God gave you, we're going to move on that. We're going to trust in God and move on that. So here comes Joseph, and he starts experiencing this great favor. Let me tell you the favor God wants to release to us right now. If we're obedient to God, if we let him search our heart out, if we keep our heart pure, this is what happens, the kind of favor he wants to give us. In Proverbs 16, 15, it says, In the light of the king's countenance is life, and his favor is, is, is as a, a cloud of the latter rain. Then it goes on to say, it says, his favor is like a cloud on the latter rain. If you keep, if you read that, the favor of God is like a cloud is directly connected to standing in the light of the king's face. His favor, it says, it says and then you continue, it's like, and the favor comes, the automatic overflow of standing in the light of the king's continence. Think about the cloud of favor that comes like a latter rain. You know what the latter rain is? The latter rain is a rain that you need to harvest. We have a lot of farmers here in Ohio. Let me tell you, they keep such a close eye on the weather here that when the seed goes down, when it's going to rain, how much it's going to rain. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago about how much of an increase we're seeing in the natural on the harvest this season and how fast it's growing and that we would even probably be able to get a double portion of the harvest this season because we've had so much rain. This is happening in the natural here in Ohio. And then it says because there is a seed time and there's a harvest time. And God has two rains. When God said his favor would come like the cloud of the latter rain, he said, my favor 
will cause you to harvest. God doesn't make a mistake what's happening in the natural, but we have to be ready to pay attention and listen to what God's Spirit is saying and not just the plans of the enemy, but what are his promises? What has he already spoken? What is he supposed to do here in Ohio? Maybe he's spoken promises right there where you're at, where the city you're from, the state you're from. You have to start beginning to declare and decree those promises. Begin to agree with heaven today about the latter rain and say, God, I know that you promised this. I know you spoke this years ago and it's going to happen. And I can't let my heart get sick and hope defer. I have to believe and trust that it's going to happen. Joseph had to believe and trust that it was going to happen and that the harvest was going to come. He didn't doubt not one second. He knew that there was going to be a famine and there was going to be a time of plenty. I believe that we're going to be in a time of plenty very soon here. Not only in the spirit, but in the natural, we're going to begin to see it. God wants us to be able to trust us with his storehouses like Joseph. These apostolic centers that are arising in different places are called to be his storehouses. Joseph created the first storehouse that was created. He represented the apostolic. He represented the authority over the land. That's what the apostolic was supposed to bring. It was supposed to bring blessing to the land. You begin, you know, when, when there's apostolic centers, you will begin to see the increase around you. We were driving one day in defiance, and I was telling my husband, I said, man, we've been here one year, and we've already seen so many new restaurants opening up that were never there before. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus, for the increase. Thank you for the new buildings, for the new businesses that you're sending into our area, into our region. Maybe you're watching, you're like, well, we have businesses all around us over here. You know, I don't understand that. We're out in cornfields. Businesses don't come to cornfields. Let me tell you, that's not a good marketing thing for you if you have a business. But God, God will send and move in the natural of what is being spoken in the spirit. God is wanting to give us promotion and favor right now. God marks us with honor. He, you know who he marks with honor? He marks those in honor that have proved their faithfulness, steadfastness, even through the trials and the testing. The word of the Lord is going to be Joseph's promotion. It wasn't just his dream gift that gave him the promotion, that gave him the favor. It was the administrative gift that he carried. God raised him up to the highest place of the land of Egypt. The other day we were, we were here, we were in our worship in the word about a couple of weeks ago. And I was just praying unto the Lord over the, over the town here, over the, the city here, over the state here of Ohio. And I began to see the Lord come up here and stand here. And I saw the Lord's hands literally go like this. And when the Lord's hands went like this, I saw the blueprints of heaven begin to open up 
that the Lord was going to begin to give us. That's the same blueprints that Joseph was given in that dream. Those are the blueprints that he's handing out at this very moment in the promotion, in the favor, that he's saying, man, let me roll this out. Let me show you the blueprints of heaven, that there's builders that are going to begin to arise like Joseph. Joseph was a builder. There's going to be people that are going to be coming, that are going to be builders of the kingdom of God in the apostolic and they're going to begin to build, and sometimes they're not going to even understand why. I don't know if you've seen, like, these episodes. This is how God showed it to me the other day. <laughs> sometimes we look at things in the natural, and we're like, man, everything's a mess. Like, how are you going to even show up in this mess, God? How are you going to show up in this situation, God? It doesn't even look like you're here sometimes. How are you going to show up in the middle of all of this? And he says, well, when you're building, baby... There's a mess that takes place. But after the mess is cleaned up, then you get to enjoy the new things that I have. And I started thinking about, like, you know, all these shows that are on TV right now, and they have, like, you know, renovation and restoration and all these shows that God, God began to show me. And he's like, if you ever look at the process of building, there's always a mess that's made. There's, like, construction pieces on the floor. There's dust on the floor. There's like, you know, you start pulling things apart and you start pulling things out and you start seeing how dirty the area is where you're literally at. And you're like, oh my God, I didn't even know this was here. I didn't know that this was hidden behind here. And you start moving some things and you're like, man, I didn't know how dirty this place was. I thought I lived so clean. I'm speaking to you in your spirit right now. Sometimes we got to move things around. we got to search, let God search us out and say, God, whatever's there still that I haven't let go of, I want to let go of today, God, because you're trying to rebuild me. You're trying to bring restoration to my life, and you can't do it unless I get rid of the mess. I got to clean up the mess. I got to go in there and start pulling things apart, moving things, and, and, there, and, and there's going to be a mess. My pastor used to always tell me this. He said, you know, you always know a good pastor when they're dirty like they're sheep. And I was like, man, that's good. <laughs> Nobody wants to get dirty with their sheep anymore. They want to stay nicely clean with their nicely suits, not plowing, getting dirty. Oh, no, I'll have somebody else do that. They're on our staff. And God's like, no, honey, I equipped and I sent you. I didn't send them. And so many people want to walk away from the very thing that God sent them there to do. Because they want the easy way. They don't want to have to go through some testing and some trials along the way and see the mess and see the dirt along the way. And then have to come and rebuild and restore and clean things up sometimes. You know, my husband said this the other day. He said, some, sometimes we don't want to clean the, 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 the stall of the oxen. And it's true. I guarantee you when Joseph was locked up, his thoughts were probably a mess. 
he was sitting there and he's like, man, God, how are you going to even pull me out of this one? Some of you are sitting here. Some of you are watching. You're like, God, I don't know how you're going to pull me out of this thing. I don't know how, how you're going to clean me up. I don't know how you're going to show me restoration and rebuild me inside out. You know, we always talk about cars being a representation of your ministry. And a car will not work if the inside of it is not functioning. You can have the most beautiful car, but if the inside of that car, the engine part, is not working the way it's supposed to, it's going to keep breaking. It's going to keep having issues. It's the same thing with us, the body of Christ. We got to work on the inside, not just the outer part of us. And so many people don't want to work on the inside. They just want to look good on the outside. And it's like God is trying to take us to this deeper place. Like he had to take Joseph. I guarantee you when Joseph was locked up in jail, he was before God. And he was probably, God, I love you, God. I trust you, God. God, I don't know why I'm locked up in prison, accused, rejected by my brothers, rejected by those wounded from people. I don't know why this is happening, God. But I know that I had a dream, God, that you gave me years ago. He was 17 years old when he had that dream. And then years later, he's going through this process. That's why I tell you, don't give up on your words. Don't give up on your callings, things God's already spoken over you. Because your time is never going to match up with God's times. Your seasons are never going to match up with God's seasons. Joseph was a man of wisdom. If there's something we need right now, it's the wisdom of the Lord. If we truly want to serve the Lord, we have to have his wisdom. Wisdom is more valuable than any gold and silver. The wisdom of the Holy Spirit. So many people are trying to make a name right now on Facebook and media and all these different places. But God makes room for your gift. Your gift will make room for you even before kings, just like Joseph. Some of you haven't really started moving in your gift, but you know what the Joseph anointing gives birth to? <laughs> I love this part. Two sons. But Manashi and Ephraim. Manashi means God has delivered me from all my troubles. Ephraim means fruitfulness. Ephraim means double fruitfulness. The Joseph anointing gives birth to the double, two times the portion, two times the honor. And two times the fruitfulness. In the natural lately, we have been seeing the enemy come around in the double, trying to steal, trying to rob bread off our tables. But every time he's been caught, things are getting exposed of the enemy's plans. Joseph was very strategic and had a lot of wisdom in the things that he began to do in that time, in that season. And we have to begin to be very strategic 
and grabbing the wisdom of the Lord this season and not just speak because we can speak and not just talk because we can talk, not just do things because we can. We have to do things strategically by the timing and the seasons of the Lord, by his wisdom, because his grace and his favor travel along with wisdom and strategic things that he's going to give us this season. The Josephs are arising. They're arising if you want to arise. If you're making a choice to stand up and arise this season, to take your position, to not get hope deferred, to not be sick in your heart, to let them search you out. Man, if there's anything, I mean, even earlier we were, we were saying this about the light being so close to the king that his light begins to shine on your face. We've got to get on our face again. We've got to get in that secret place again. And we've got to run hard for him. We've got to run our race in victory. And we have to have him right there, right by us, that the light from the clouds of his face would begin to shine on us in such a way that when people come around us, that they begin to see the favor, the light of the Lord is what causes that favor to come upon you. And you're standing there and you're like, God, just shine on me. Just shine on my face. Look, let's just stand up this morning. Let's just start speaking this out. If you can speak in tongues, start speaking it out. Start saying, God, search me out, God. Search my heart out, God, that if there's anything in my heart, God, that you didn't put there, God, begin to pull those things out of my heart, God. Begin to rebuild me inside out, God, this morning, Lord. And let your, let your light shine on my face from the clouds, Lord. Let your light begin to shine on your children again, God. That it causes your favor to come from places we never thought it would come from this season, God. God, it doesn't matter what we're seeing in the natural, God. What matters, what you've already spoken, your promises, God. What you've already set forth upon our destinies and our purposes, God. That we would understand who we are in you, God. Not what everybody's saying about us everywhere. But what are you saying to us, God? What are you speaking over us, God? We can't go on listening to the enemy anymore. God speaks purpose and destiny, grace and favor, grace and mercy. God, I pray this morning, God, that you would touch our hearts this morning, that you would heal our hearts this morning, God, that where we've allowed hope to further enter in, God, that you begin to remove it, God. God, those that are watching online, God, I pray that you go touch their hearts this morning, God. That the Josephs begin to arise this season, God, with hope, with purpose, running their race, God, with their hearts strong this season, God. Their hearts so strong 
running after you, God, pursuing you, God, the way you pursue us, God, that you never give up on us, God. You constantly keep running after us, God. God, we run after you this morning, God. We pursue you, God. We pursue the increase of your kingdom this morning, God. God, we pray for the vision to come and hit us in our hearts, hit us in our bellies this morning, God. The vision of heaven over our lives this morning. Give it to us in a dream, God. Give it to us in in visions, God, in signs and wonders this morning, God. Let us see the fullness, God. Amen.